Hi, I'm Associate Pastor Ryan French, and we're so glad you're listening to the Apostolic Tabernacle Church podcast. We hope this teaching and preaching resource is a blessing. We'd love to pray for you. If you'd like to submit a prayer request, you can do so by visiting our website, www.aptabupc.com. Just click the prayer request tab in the menu. You can also support this ministry with an offering at the website as well, or by texting the word GIVE to 678-846-6522. Again, that's 678-846-6522. If you live in the Atlanta area, we'd be honored to see you in one of our services. We'll invite you right into our church family and make you feel right at home. Without any music at all, would you lift up your voice and let your voice be an instrument of praise right now, wherever you are. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. We magnify you, Lord. We glorify you, Jesus. We lift up your name, O God. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. That's it. Just flow in the Holy Ghost for a moment. God's preparing the ground for His Word. Hallelujah, Jesus. Prepare the soil of my heart, Lord to receive your word. I consider it a tremendous answered prayer for Sister Pinder to be uh, with us today, and we've missed her and love her so very much. And it's always, it's always exciting to see Sophie on the front row. We've prayed for her for so many months. And uh, I saw her a moment ago, but Jordan, her EMT, I believe is here. She might have stepped out, but it's so good to see her today. And then I want to welcome Sally Phillips. We're so glad that you're in the house of the Lord. And to all of our guests, uh, we're so glad that you're here at Apostolic Tabernacle today. If you have your Bibles, I'd like you to turn with me to the book of Ruth, the book of Ruth, which is right after Judges, right before 1 Samuel. And the reason it's positioned right before First Samuel is it, it tells the story of David's family and his lineage and how it begins and the miracle that is at play there. Ruth chapter 1, we're going to look at several scriptures and I'm also going to be directing your attention to the gospel of John chapter 6 as well. So if you'd like to be getting that ready, we're going to skip around just a little bit. The Lord has been dealing with me about this message for some time, and uh, in my flesh, I've been telling the Lord, I'm, I'm not ready to preach this message yet. I still feel like I, I want to dig into it a little bit more, and, uh, and God kept knocking me over the head and saying, no, it's, it's time for you to preach it. So ready or not, ready or not, here we go. Ruth chapter 1, verse 1. Now it came to pass in the days when the judges ruled that there was a famine in the land. Everyone said there was a famine. A famine in the land, and a certain man of Bethlehem, Judah, 
went to sojourn in the country of Moab, he and his wife and his two sons. His wife was, of course, Naomi. Naomi had a daughter-in-law named Ruth, and that is why we have the book called Ruth. Skipping down to verse number six, and Naomi arose with her daughters-in-law that she might return from the country of Moab, for she had heard in the country of Moab how that the Lord had visited his people in giving them bread. Everyone said bread. Skipping down to verse number 19. So they too went until they came to Bethlehem. Everyone said Bethlehem. Now it's important that you understand for the sake of this sermon that Bethlehem interpreted literally means the house of bread. Look at your neighbor and tell them Bethlehem is the house of bread. So they too went until they came to Bethlehem and it came to pass when they were come to Bethlehem, the house of bread, that all the city was moved about them. And they said, is this Naomi? And she said unto them, call me not Naomi, call me Mara, for the Almighty hath dealt very bitterly with me. And I went out full. <laughs> and the Lord hath brought me home again empty. Why then call ye me Naomi, seeing the Lord hath testified against me, and the Almighty hath afflicted me? So Naomi returned to Ruth and the Moabitess, her daughter-in-law, with her, which returned out of the country of Moab, and they came to Bethlehem in the beginning of the barley harvest. Chapter 2, verse 8, Then said Boaz unto Ruth, Hearest thou not, my daughter? Go not to glean in another field, neither go from hence, but abide here fast by my maidens. Verse 15, And when she was risen up to glean, Boaz commanded his young men, saying, Let her glean even among the sheaves, and reproach her not. And let fall also some of the handfuls of purpose for her, and leave them that she may glean them, and rebuke her not. The Gospel of John, chapter 6, verse 30. They said therefore unto him, What sign showest thou then, that we may see and believe thee, Jesus? What dost thou work? Our fathers did eat manna in the desert, as it is written. He gave them bread from heaven to eat. Then Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Moses gave you not that bread from heaven, but my Father giveth you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he which cometh down from heaven and giveth life unto the world. Then said they unto him, Lord, evermore give us this bread. And Jesus said unto them, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger, and he that believeth on me shall never thirst. I'd like to preach today for just a few moments from this subject there's always bread in the house of bread. There's always bread in the house of bread. Put your Bibles down and lift up your hands and ask the Lord to help you. Lord, in the name of Jesus, I pray, God, that your anointing would begin to break yokes, that your spirit would begin to move in our hearts and in our midst, Lord. We need your touch. We need your healing. We need your virtue, God. We need your provision. 
We need faith that comes down from heaven right now. I ask it in the precious name of Jesus. And everyone said in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for standing. You can be seated. There's always bread in the house of bread. As I studied the book of Ruth, I was, I was stunned to notice all kinds of similarities between the story of Naomi, her family, Ruth, and the story of the prodigal son. Without preaching the entire story of the prodigal son, you'll remember that he left the land of his birth. He left his home. And he demanded his birthright from his father. And he went into the world. He squandered his birthright. He lost everything, the Bible says. And he found himself in a famine, starving to death, the only job he could get, the only thing he could do was to uh, just take care of someone else's pigs. And the Bible says that things got so bad for him that eventually he was sitting there in the pig pen watching the pigs eat the slop and suddenly it dawned on him, a revelation that, that really shouldn't have taken him as long as it did, but it, it just hit him like a ton of bricks. The Bible says that he remembered the bread in his father's house. And suddenly, as, as he watched the pigs who were eating better than he was, he, he realized, even my father's servants have better food than I have here right now. It was the bread in his father's house that drew him back where he belonged. In his case, he is unique from the story of Naomi and her husband because the prodigal son left the father's house when everything was going good. There was no famine in his father's house. He left under good circumstances. He left the house of God when everything was fine. And some people do that. And that's a different sermon for a different day. But in the context of Naomi and her husband Elimelech, they found themselves living in Bethlehem which literally means the house of bread. But the Bible says that there was a famine that had come in that region. And so Naomi and her husband looked at one another and they made a decision in a difficult time. And let me just pause and tell you that when you make decisions in difficult seasons, you should be very, very careful. She made a decision in time of difficulty, in time of hunger, in time of famine. And that's where I believe we are right now. Many people over this past year, and I didn't come to preach for a shout or a run today. I knew this was going to be a little bit heavy, but I'm in the Holy Ghost right now. Many of you are making decisions that will impact you for the rest of your life right in the middle of a pandemic, right in the middle of uncertainty, right in the middle of your fear. And I want to warn you in the Holy Ghost, be very, very careful the decisions that you make right now. And so they decided... 
They didn't really want to. The Bible doesn't say that, not like the prodigal son, they, they weren't looking to leave the house of God. They weren't looking to leave the family of God uh, because they necessarily longed for carnality. They just were hungry. They were just hungry, and they thought maybe it would be the right thing for us to get our, ourselves together and pack up and we could leave temporarily. Remember, when you start thinking you're going to do temporary things, when you're in the middle of a difficult time, it can be very tricky. And they thought, well, we'll just go temporarily to the land of Moab. The land of Moab. And so they did. And the Bible says that while they were there, they were there about 10 years, and they had children, and their two sons married two Moabite women. But over time, Naomi's husband died in Moab, and her sons died in Moab, and she was left with two daughter-in-laws. Neither one of these were Israelite women. They were not Hebrew women. uh, One of them decided to stay home, but Ruth was unique. The Bible says that she clave to her mother-in-law. Her mother-in-law remembered, and she got word. Ten years later, she got word how that God had been blessing the house of God. Now, I just want to pause and let somebody know. You can look at the house of God sometimes during a pandemic and think God has abandoned his people. You can look around and think we've lost all the gains that we had before 2020, and you can think maybe God wants me to do something else, but I want you to know there will always be bread in the house of bread. There will always be anointing in the house of anointing. There will always be victory in Bethlehem. There will always be deliverance in Bethlehem. There will always be truth in the house of truth. There will always be preaching in the house of preaching. There will always be holiness in the house of holiness. There will always be righteousness in the house of righteousness and so after all of these years Naomi started hearing word about the revival that had been happening in Bethlehem anybody still with me right now she heard the bread was flowing she heard the harvest was plentiful all these years later they had made the decision to leave the house of bread so they could get some bread and when they got there they lost everything and then they started hearing about the bread at the house of bread. Oh, I'm trying to help somebody. Don't leave the house of bread just because things are difficult. Don't abandon the house of God just because things are hard right now. You'll get to Moab and you'll regret it someday, Naomi. I'm preaching. I'm preaching to somebody. You feel like giving up, not because you're mad at God, not because you're angry at God. You're just hungry and tired. I hear it from people all the time. I I just feel like I'm not being fed at church anymore. The problem is not that there isn't bread in the house of bread. The problem is your mindset. You come to the house and you don't see what you want exactly when you want it. And so you're 
frustrated and you start looking at Moab and things start looking good to you that are not good for you. Things start sounding good to you that are not good for you. But get your feet planted in the house of God. Put your roots down by rivers of living water. The house of bread. She heard about the revival. She had missed 10 years of revival. We don't know. We don't know. We don't know how long that little famine lasted in Bethlehem. We just know that she started getting word. You know, they didn't have cell phones back then. They, 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 they got word slowly in those days. But she heard how God was blessing her kindred. She heard how God was blessing her church. She heard how God was pouring out blessings in the place she had left in years ago and she looked at her little daughter-in-law Ruth and she said I understand if you don't want to go back with me you don't know anything about Bethlehem you weren't born there you weren't raised there you never felt the touch of God like I did you've never run the aisles like I used to do you've never lifted your hands in worship like we used to back home you've never felt the touch of Jehovah but I I've got to get back to the house of bread. And Naomi made up her mind. And Ruth looked at her. This is beautiful. Ruth looked at her and said, whither thou goest, I'm going with you. Wherever you go, if you're going to Bethlehem, I'm going to go to Bethlehem with you. And so they made that journey from Moab all the way back. Study Moab. It comes from a terrible, terrible place in scripture where Lot's daughters, I, I know there's children in here, but I'm just going to preach the word, where Lot's daughters committed incest with their own father after Sodom and Gomorrah had been destroyed. And one of the daughters gave birth to a child and she called him Moab. The Moabites are descendants of that incest and that wicked sin. I want you to know Moab was not a place for the children of God to go. Mo oh, I'm going to help somebody right now. Moab was not a place that the children of God should have been going to to get a little morsel of bread. No. When you start getting hungry and making bad decisions you will leave the place where the bread originates from and you'll start looking for strange bread in strange lands but I'm preaching to somebody it's time to come back home or maybe for someone else it's time for you to stay home it's time for you to make a decision I am not going to look for strange bread in a strange land I'm already in the house of bread The Lord visited his people and he gave them bread. I'm helping somebody right now. If you'll hold on long enough, some of you have been staying in the house of bread and you feel a little bit hungry right now. I came to give you a word of encouragement. The Lord is about to visit his people with bread. The Lord is about to visit his people with joy. The Lord is about to visit his people with anointing. The Lord is about to visit his people with miracles. Hold on in the house of bread.
Hallelujah. And so they got up. Little old Naomi, too old to remarry. And Ruth, with her dead husband from a land that she had never been to before. And they made that long, difficult journey back to the house of God all by themselves. I wish we had details of that journey. It must have been incredible for those two ladies to make their way in that day and time back to Bethlehem. And when they got there, the entire city was moved. They came out from their homes. They, 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 got, they got off early from work to come out and they saw Naomi and they said could it be is this is this Naomi and she said to them I'm not comfortable with you calling me Naomi anymore I know that's what you know me as but I want you to call me Mara because now there has been sadness and sorrow in my life and listen to what she said this ought to be a testimony for somebody she said I left here full now hold on they were in the middle of a famine when she left the reason they left is because they were supposedly starving to death but Naomi looked back and she had a different perspective did you know time will give you a different perspective this is why you need to be careful when you make big decisions in the middle of a big problem because time revealed to her when I look back things weren't as bad as I thought they were See, the devil's got some of you convinced that it's all over. He's convinced some of you your hopes and dreams are dead. He's convinced some of you will never see revival again. He's convinced some of you you'll never see the answer to that prayer. But I want you to know you're fuller than you think you are right now. You have more anointing than you think you have right now. You have more joy than you think you have right now. Moab doesn't have more joy for you. Moab doesn't have better bread for you. Moab doesn't have a greater anointing for you. Moab doesn't have a miracle for you. And she looked back and she said, I, I thought I was hungry. I thought I was starving. I thought it was the end of the rope. I thought I was doing the right thing. I'm preaching to somebody who you're about to make a bad decision for the right reason. But did you know your motives don't matter? If you make the wrong decision, you'll suffer the same consequences. And she said, I thought, I thought this is what was best for my little family. And we left and we went to Moab. But when I look back, I realize I was full. I was full in the house of God. And I went there looking for bread because I thought I was hungry. But here I am. I've come back home and I'm completely empty. I'm starving to death. I don't have the joy I used to have. Some of you need to remember that your shout matters. Some of you need to remember that your worship makes a difference. Some of you need to remember oh, the reason you don't feel full right now is because you have lost the value of spiritual things. You better fall in love with preaching again. You better fall in love with prayer meetings again. You better fall in love with holiness again. You better fall in love with worship again. The reason you're looking at Moab is because you don't value the bread in Bethlehem. 
<laughs> Did you know if preaching bores you, it's not the preaching's fault? Oh, hold on. I'm going to help somebody. I don't care how bad the preacher is. I don't care how long they are. I don't care how, how dry they are. You know, I only shout because that's what I do. But if, if I wanted to preach there's bread in the Father's house, and that bores you to tears and I'm preaching truth to you, it isn't the bread's fault because the bread is alive. If someone can preach Jesus to you and it doesn't stir, it doesn't satisfy you, oh, I'm going to help somebody right now, and you leave the house of God feeling empty after Jesus has been magnified and Jesus has been glorified, after the presence of the Lord has filled the temple and you still leave and you're not satisfied, oh, I'm helping somebody right now. Jesus is the same yesterday today today and forever he's still the bread of life he's still the well that will never run dry he's still the living fountain hey he is still the bread he will fill all those who are hungry. He will quench every thirst. The problem is we've gotten too comfortable with the bread. Just like the Israelites. Jesus mentioned it. You can be seated. Jesus talked about this. The Bible says the Israelites left Egypt. They came out of the world from the place of bondage, from the place where they were literally murdered by the hundreds of thousands, by a wicked, maniacal Pharaoh. They were delivered miraculously by the hand of God. And the Bible says after they were delivered, where did they go? Right into the promised land. No. They went into a wilderness. And they got in this wilderness and they're, and they're wandering and they got hungry at some point. In fact, many times the Israelites looked at Moses and said, Moses, we had it better in Egypt. At least in Egypt, we had fresh bread. See how your thinking gets messed up when, when you're in a difficult place? If you're in a wilderness long enough, you'll start saying crazy things. You'll start thinking the Pharaoh who murdered your baby is better for you than the God who delivered you from alcoholism and drug addiction and the spirit of suicide. You'll start thinking that Pharaoh loves you more than God does. I rebuke it in Jesus' name. They started saying ridiculous things like, at least we had onions. And now if people start saying onions are delicious, you know they're crazy. Amen, Brother John. Where are you? Hallelujah. Glory to God. Some of y'all need to get these onions out of the recipes. Bless them and heal them. Lord. They said there were onions and leeks and garlic. At least we had some, some good things to eat back in Egypt. And they would complain this way. And God, now listen, this is important. God wanted to punish them and destroy them right then and there. But the man of God, 
Moses had to get down on his knees over and over again and beg God and say, Lord, please don't destroy your church. Please don't destroy your people. I know they're, I know they're unrepentant. I know they're ungrateful. I know they long for things they shouldn't long for. I know they're full of lust. I know they're imperfect. I understand. I know they built a golden calf when I was out getting your word. I know God, I, I, but I'm asking you to have mercy. And so God would have mercy. I wish some of you could understand how many times God has had mercy on your life because a pastor and his wife got down on their knees and begged God to have mercy on you. You better lift up your pastor. You better lift up the ministry. The only reason some of you are even able to sit here today is because a man of God got down on his knees and said, have mercy on them, Lord. And so God had mercy, and they were hungry. And so God did something awesome. He miraculously sent heavenly bread. Did you know that's what manna means? It's bread from heaven. It's literally heavenly bread. And every single morning, oh, I wish I could preach this. He makes his mercy new every morning. Every single morning, manna would just, they'd wake up, they'd get out of bed, and there'd just be manna on the ground. Now, here was the thing. If they didn't pick it up fast enough, the manna would go bad. The reason some of you are still hungry is because the manna is here, but you just walk on by it. And then... There's manna in an altar, but you won't go eat it up. And so you leave church hungry because you left the bread. You left the bread on the ground. And no wonder Moab looks so good to you. The bread's been there for you to pick up. The preacher's been throwing it on the ground, but you won't pick it up. And so they would get some bread and they would eat it and they would be sustained. And this happened for years and years until one point in your Bible, it says that the people, now I'm going to paraphrase, but they came to Moses after years of heavenly bread. There is a danger when you have partaken of divine, supernatural, sacred things for a long time. Well, I'm going I'm to help somebody. There's a danger when you've tasted the goodness of God for a long time. One day they woke up and they were gathering the bread and a whole bunch of them came to Moses and said, Moses, we are sick and tired of this bread. We just want God to change the recipe. Oh, we just want God to change it up just a little bit. Maybe if, maybe if God would take some of these holiness requirements out, we'd, we'd still like to shout and dance and run and sing. We still want to feel the Shekinah power of God. We still want to feel the tingles when the Holy Ghost falls. But, but maybe if we could just take some of these, of these commandments out. Maybe, maybe if we could just whittle the ten down to three, Moses. May, oh, oh, oh. Maybe if the preacher would just change the bread recipe a little bit. Maybe if we wouldn't focus so much on Jesus. Maybe, maybe we just use his name a little bit less because we want to be more inclusive for everybody else. But I got bad news for you. There is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must. 
must be saved. There's only one Lord, one faith, and one baptism. There's only one way to heaven. It's still repent and be baptized. Every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. I got more news for you. The Bible still says without holiness, no man shall see the Lord. I'm going to preach that one more time for all of you that want Acts 2.38, but you want to cut the leaven of holiness out. Without holiness, no man is going to see the Lord. There's bread. There's bread. Just because you want a different recipe. Woo. Just because you want pancakes. <laughs> There's always bread. There's always bread in the house of bread. But just because you decide you want a cupcake or a scone, Brother Stan, just because you want that sweetened bread with the leaven taken out. You want the bread that's a little different from the heavenly bread. And so now you've convinced yourself there's not bread in the house of bread. Why? Because you're looking at the cupcakes in Moab. <laughs> and you better get your eyes off of that false bread. That bread will not fill you. That, oh, that bread will leave you empty, Naomi. That bread will not sustain you, Naomi. That bread will take everything you love away from you, Naomi. That fake bread will ruin your life, Naomi. You better recognize you came out full, but you're going to go back empty. You're going to go back empty. Every backslider knows this. I wish a backslider would just go ahead and say, amen, Brother Ryan. A backslider who's already come home, just shout amen. You can testify to this. You're not ashamed of it. This is your testimony. You left full, but you came back empty. Ha ha. But I've got good news for you. If you come back, you don't have to stay empty. Woo. Because there's always bread in the house of bread. There's always bread in the Father's house. I don't care how far you've gone. I don't care what you've done in the dark. I don't care how far into Moab you wandered. I don't care how deep in the pig pen you got. I don't care how much of your inheritance you squandered. There is still fresh heavenly bread in the house of bread. You've just got to come back home and admit I'm empty. Now, it doesn't work if you try to come back. Here's what some people do. They try to go into Moab and they try to come back in and they do these games like, well, I probably shouldn't have done that, but it, you know, I'm doing pretty good. Put on this show, you know. They got a new car in Moab. <laughs> they got a cool house in Moab. Yeah, but you, you lost your boys. Yeah, yeah, but I, I got a... But don't you see this job I got in Moab? No, but, but your family's destroyed. But yeah, but, but I, I got some neat things in Moab. I even, boy, there was some good bread in Moab. No, no, no. You've got to do like Naomi and come back and say, I, I left full, but I'm here now and I'm empty and I need to be filled one more time. 
The scripture says that they got there and they were hungry. They had no way to provide for themselves because their husbands were dead. In that day and age, that was really a sentence for poverty. And so Ruth, being younger and stronger, had no choice but to go out as was the custom. In fact, this is a custom that God gave his people. Did you know that God commanded his people that when they harvested their fields and they gathered their barley and their grain, they were intentionally supposed to set aside 10% of their field for the hungry, for those that were starving, for those who were needy. And so a wealthy man by the name of Boaz, who Ruth did not realize was related to Naomi and her by marriage. She, she got there to this field, Boaz's, and she's just there to just try to pick up some scraps. Again, it reminds me of the prodigal son who, when he said, I'll just go back and, and I could just, you know, I could just get some scraps like the servants had. I don't even need what, I don't even need my inheritance back. If I could just get some, some scraps, just a few little bites of bread, that would be better than what I have right here. And Ruth just thought, if, if I can just get a few scraps, of barley. I can get just enough to take it back home. And Naomi and I, we can, we can maybe bake just a, a little bit of bread so we won't starve to death. But the Bible says that Boaz saw Ruth in the field and he looked at his reapers, his harvesters, and he asked them, who is that? And they said, that is the damsel. That is the one who was married to Naomi's son. And she's here taking care of her mother-in-law. And he said, to the reapers. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. This is what God's saying to somebody right now. You feel like you've been picking up scraps and that's all you have. But let me tell you what God wants to do. God, like Boaz, is looking down at the reapers, the angels, and he's saying, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give them a bigger blessing than they even think they're going to get. They think they're just going to come get scraps and that'll be more than enough for them. But listen, reapers, I want you to purposely drop hands Handfuls of bar. Oh, I'm helping. God's about to start dropping some stuff for somebody. I want you to purposely just start dropping things. Don't make it obvious. Don't, don't let her know that you're doing it. But when you see her working somewhere trying to get some scraps, just take a little extra handful and, and spill it onto the ground so that Ruth and Naomi can be blessed. Oh, he sata. I feel it in the spirit right now. God is about to start dropping some blessings. God is about to start giving you a sign that greater things are yet to come. He's going to start just leaving a little drop on the ground to let you know everything's going to be okay. Everything's going to be all right. And so they dropped scraps on the ground. They left little bits out. And then he said, he went even further. He said, and, and, and if you see Ruth going into the barley field, and if she gets a little too close to the main harvest and she starts taking barley that technically she's not supposed to take, a blessing that's really not supposed to be for her. She's, she's not even from here anymore. She's only here because of Naomi, but, and I know that really you don't have to let her do it, but if you see her wander in a little too deep, don't stop her. Don't rebuke her. 
don't hinder her in any way. Just, just, let her, oh, I'm, <laughs> just let her take that little extra blessing. There are blessings that God is about to give some of you that you do not deserve. You have not earned. It's not even supposed to be for you. But guess what? His mercies are new every morning. And if you will admit that you're hungry... All you have to do is say, I'm empty, Lord. I need to be filled. It starts with an admission. It starts with an acknowledgement. If you're full from the things of Moab, God will never give you a supernatural blessing. But if you can step into his presence, if you can step into the harvest field, and I could preach for a long time about how the harvest field is symbolic of revival and working in the kingdom of God. The reason some of you are not gleaning and you're not receiving blessings is because you are not working in the harvest fields of revival. You you have abandoned your post in the harvest field. It's time for you to pick up a sickle. You might say, well, hey, I'm not the head harvester like they are. I'm not on the platform like those harvesters. I'm just picking up scraps. It doesn't matter what you're doing. If you want to go from a small blessing to a big blessing, you've got to get out in the harvest field and start laboring for God. So as she worked, hear me, I want you to hear that. As she worked, as she worked, as she worked, someone needs to say that with me. As she worked, God began to drop blessings in her life. And you know the end of the story. Eventually, because Ruth, now listen, it wasn't just Ruth's beauty. It was Ruth's work ethic and it was her willingness to sacrifice for her aged mother-in-law who had been ravaged by the world of Moab. It was her desire to say, I will abandon my old lifestyle. I'll abandon all the comforts of Moab. I'll abandon all the gods of Moab. Ruth said to Naomi, your God shall be... She didn't say, I'm going to go there to the house of bread with you and keep my gods. No. She said, I'm going to leave my old gods behind, and I'm going to come serve the one true living God in the house of bread. All of those things caught Boaz's attention. Can you imagine the wisdom of a man who looked at a young woman who was working? She was selfless. Listen, this is the template, single ladies. If you want to know how to catch a godly man, man's attention. I'm going to help somebody right now. You need to be working in the harvest field. You need to be godly. You need to be committed. You need to show that you're willing to sacrifice. You need to show that you have compassion and respect for elders. You need to demonstrate that you're going to be where you're supposed to be, doing what you're supposed to be doing. And so she's working and she's laboring and she's doing all of this. She's serving the one true God that is not even the God of her birth. And Boaz recognizes, you know, a lot of these church girls, they don't really trust God because they're so familiar with the bread. A lot of these folks that have been in it for a long time, they take it for granted because they've just had plenty all the time. But Ruth knows what it means to be starving and empty. 
and she appreciates the bread. The praise team doesn't have to scream and spit in her face to make her lift her hands in worship. The preacher doesn't have to bend over backwards and do somersaults to get her to say amen. Nobody has to rebuke her and force her to show up to prayer meeting. No, she just wants a little bread all by herself. And I see her working when nobody else is working. I see her sacrificing when nobody else is sacrificing. And Boaz became the great kinsman redeemer, the Bible says. It really is a story of redemption. It is a story of Naomi's bad decision. Everything went wrong in her life, but she made her way back all the way through famines and pandemics and the dangers of the road, she made her way back to the house of God where the bread is. And she brought Ruth with her. And God said, I am going to redeem that bad decision. And Boaz is going to marry Ruth. And from their lineage will come a man by the name of David. He'll be born into the house of Jesse. He's going to be the kind of person that nobody really pays much attention to. In fact, the Bible says, interestingly, one of the first times we meet David, he's taking bread and cheese to his brothers who are fighting the battle. Why? Because there's always bread in the house of bread. And so David grows and matures. He kills Goliath and he becomes the second king of Israel and you know that from the lineage of David came the Lord Jesus Christ himself the Messiah who was and is the bread of life but did you know where the bread of life was born the bread of life was born in Bethlehem which is the house some of y'all aren't awake yet. The bread of life was born in Bethlehem, which is the house of bread. And he instituted, he said to Peter, upon this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Pandemics will not prevail against the church. Sickness will not prevail against the church. Carnality will not prevail against the church. Unbelief will not prevail against the church. No! The gates of hell shall not prevail. And upon this rock I will build my church. Peter had the keys to the kingdom, which was the revelation that Jesus was the mighty God in Christ. It was Peter who was given the keys. That's why it's so important that it was Peter who stood up on the day of Pentecost when the church was first instituted by the outpouring of the Holy Ghost. Now we are partakers not of physical manna, but we have the bread from heaven, which is the falling of the Holy Ghost. It falls on us daily. The Holy Ghost fills us from the top of our head to the sole of our feet. If you partake of the Holy Spirit, if you partake of the bread of life, you will be full and you will not long for the things of this world. If you're longing for the things of this world, it's because you need the bread again. 
If you're longing and lusting after Moab, it's because you need the bread to come and fill you once again. Stand with me all across the building. No music, no music. Stand with me and lift your hands right now. I want us to enter into a prayer closet for just a moment. Right where you are, right where you are, I want you to pray. Prayer warrior, pray. Come on, just take a second and pray. We're, we're, we're battling some things right now in the spirit. I can feel it. I know some of y'all need bread from the way we're praying this morning. I said, we need some bread to fall. We need to pray until the bread, the manna comes. I can tell some of y'all feel empty right now. It's manifested in the way you pray and the way you worship.